Welcome to Leaders with Ambition, the podcast that delves deep into the careers of some of the UK's most successful leaders working in professional services firms. We aim to discover the secrets behind their success, the challenges they've overcome, and to find out what traits make a successful leader. Welcome to the current episode of the Leaders with Ambition podcast series. Today, I am absolutely delighted to welcome my guest, Ripan Big. Ripan is the Director of Client and Strategic Development at Watson, Farley and Williams. And Ripan's got a very interesting background as she started her career in London as a lawyer at Watson, Farley and Williams. She moved to Norton Rose when she wanted to widen her experience. And then following a real estate transaction there when she was working with ING, she later transitioned into a role at ING, which was a great opportunity for her. Later on, an opportunity arose, client services role within Watson Farley Williams, which saw her return to the firm that she started her career in, although with a different career. So without further ado, I'd really like to welcome Ripan and get Ripan to bring some of her background and history and, and stories to life for you. Ripan, over to you. Hi, Nikki. Thank you. Thanks very much for, for inviting me. So yes, look, well, where to begin? I mean, I guess I hadn't grown up thinking I'd, <laughs> I would be a lawyer. I'm not sure many kids really uh, have that ambition. But I did know that I wanted to, to work in the city. I started out thinking I might have a career in finance. So uh, I, I got a job at the London Stock Exchange when I was um, 16. I'd had some work experience there the, the year before, and uh, they invited me back for the following summer. And I'll never forget how exhilarated I was by the buzz of the city. I can still remember how I felt when I came out of Bank Station for the very first time. And I just knew that that was where I wanted to be. So, yeah, so thinking I wanted to be in finance, I took economics at A-level. I'm not sure that was the wisest choice. But one of my other A-levels was law, and that was definitely a good choice for me. I, uh, I'd never, I chose three subjects I'd never taken before, and I absolutely fell in love with, with law. So that, uh, that, that did lead to, to a law degree. Uh, for me so uh, so yeah that that's sort of how I that's how I got started and why what was it about the city and finance though initially that you thought you would follow your career into that is that is it is there someone in the family that had previously worked in the city well I'd always been I came from a business background and uh, so my, my father's always had a keen interest in finance and and I sort of remember watching programs uh, about the traders on the uh, the trading floor back in the day when they did sort of still used to ring the bell uh, at stock exchange so that's sort of how it how it sparked but, but I realized that that actually, that probably wasn't going to be for me in the uh, and the law was was probably where it was going to be although I have to confess that you know partway through my law degree I I, I did sort of still uh, back and forth with the uh, with with the business idea I, at one point I was going to uh, to be the next Anita Roddick I was going to have a chain of beauty salons so it was law school or or train as a a beautician so that I could then go on to open my own businesses. But, but law was very close to, to my heart. 
Yeah, so I, I had some work experience at a high street practice of, uh, of solicitors and they offered me uh, a training contract. It was a, a real eye-opener for me. The exposure that I got was beyond anything I could have imagined. I mean, I was I was undertaking minor court hearings. You know, that was my first experience of public speaking uh, where you have to present your case in front of everybody else who's waiting to present theirs. And I have to confess, I was absolutely petrified. Um, <laughs> Out of your comfort zone, completely. <laughs> but the experience was, you know, it, it, it was amazing. So I, I was getting some really good work beyond my years, but but I did really want to to, to work in the city and, and feel that, that buzz around me. So, so yeah, so I started my career at, uh, at Watson Farley. And when you joined Watson Farley, after having the experience of a local firm, did it seem like a huge step for you to take? Or was it the the, the way that they'd uh, incorporated you into the firm? Did it just feel like a, the next natural step for you? Yeah, I mean, on, on paper, it was a big step, given the, the size of the firm compared to what, what I'd come from. But in many ways, it, it was not a very big step at all. And, and that, that's testament to the culture of the firm. You know, I, I don't know what I had really expected it to be, but, but I thought it would be very formal and quite corporate. But the people were, were great. And that was everybody through to, you know, partners um, to, to support. Um, and it was a very close-knit very collegiate atmosphere so for for me starting out it it was perfect and what about your your peer group at the time how many of you joined at the same time did you have you seen your careers develop as well in on similar timelines yeah I mean I've I've made some some very close friends from my first time around at at uh, at the firm and um and yeah I, I really do do feel that that was the the start of my sort of phase of of growing up which I I then continued as I sort of went went on to uh to Norton Rose it's important I think to recognize the input and the value of your peers and particularly as you are progressing in a career to have people there that you can really trust as well and it sounds that that was very much part of your experience yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, any uh, any junior will will confess that, you know, they don't really want to uh, to, to talk into their partner's office and, and ask lots of questions. So having that network around you and having people that you can talk to and, and, and mull things over with, I think is really important. And it also gave me you know, visibility on on how that will work or how that could work going forward as as you continue to develop in your career in terms of having a a more professional network as well. So um, getting opinions and views from from other people, not just in terms of work, but just just in terms of the whole whole sort of way of conducting yourself in an office environment and what really goes on is really important to have others that you can really draw from so yeah I found that very valuable and I'm interested to know as you were building your career as a lawyer did you recognize yourself the value of the marketing team VD client services was it something that you worked quite closely with them and 
to look at you now where you're you're obviously in the in the position that you are yeah you know it's funny there's a lot of emphasis on on sort of marketing and and bd now and and many of the, the very large firms of course have probably been doing it for you know since i started out my career but but in a mainstream way it's sort of really come about i think in the last sort of 10 to 15 years but i i would i would certainly say that that having a commercial awareness and an understanding of business development was as I later found out was actually something that came very naturally to me so it seemed very obvious to me that that we have clients that we're we're doing this sort of work for but perhaps we're not doing their real estate work or perhaps we're not doing their employment work and as things have progressed we sort of regularly talk to partners about having a commercial outlook and really understanding the the fundamentals of a transaction, really understanding the client strategy. And we hear a lot now about partnering with our clients. Back then, it just seemed really obvious to me that I could do a better job for the, the clients that I was working for if I really understood their drivers behind a particular transaction. So, so I guess I guess for me it it did come quite naturally. And so it doesn't surprise me where I sort of ended up with marketing front and centre of what I do now. Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it, to hear the journey. So when you moved on to Norton Rose, you were looking for a bigger role with more exposure, which you you, you found in your opportunity at Norton Rose. And you were leading a big team then as well, weren't you? Yeah, so I I mean, I had I had a wonderful time at Watson Valley and I it was a small team though. And I think at that very early stage of my career, I was very keen to get broader exposure to, to different types of work. Um, still within real estate and um, as I continued to develop I was working on real estate funds deals so I was working very closely with our corporate and tax teams at, at NR and um, and so yeah so that was my first sort of exposure to to ING um, my first introduction to them was working on a huge deal it was it was at the time the largest portfolio transaction to take place in the UK market. Um, UK Great experience, Ripan, then amazing. It was amazing yeah, experience. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to be lead associate. So I was leading a team of sort of 40 cross practice lawyers. And it got me in front of, uh, of IG's uh, senior leaders quite quickly. And uh, a year or so, later they they offered me a role fantastic and did you think at any stage if i move now into inj i'm definitely moving away from my career in law or could you see the path that was starting to open up for you at that stage yeah it was it was a big decision it was uh, a sort of seminal moment i suppose but i could see the opportunities that would open for me and it was a relatively smooth transition for me because the role was to be director of new products and investor relations so it was part technical developing marketing real estate funds for the market and it was part sort of client relations or investor relations as they call it in the finance world 
so yeah, and and the the common theme I suppose that had come up in all of my appraisals was my commercial outlook. Always being interested in client relationships, developing relationships, and so for me it was very much a perfect job because. Yeah. I was I was getting to do all the bits of of my role, the technical nerdy bits, and also uh, the client relationship piece as well. So yeah, it, it um, from that perspective, it was a very smooth transition. I mean, it was a very tough time because it was around the time of the financial crisis. So <laughs> high profile role as well. Yeah, it was a high profile role, and it was around the time that it, the the financial crisis. And and although in some ways it felt similar to the sort of crisis field that we all felt a bit at the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Yeah, um, you know the sense of uncertainty, the sense of urgency, the sense of disbelief that all of those emotions mixed together. It was also very different because. This time around, it really felt as though everybody was in it together. And there was a real sort of sense of camaraderie. But last time around, it it was disbelief. But also, I think there was much more blame around as well. So, you know, and I think for, for many financial institutions, it was a pretty, you know, it was a pretty tough time. Is that one of the reasons why you decided to move back into professional services into law firms do you think was it a decision you made to then think I want to be back in the certainty of a law firm yes I think in part it certainly contributed to my decision but I felt overall that with the experience that I had of having been in practice as a lawyer and then working on the client side at ING that I could add more value Uh, in a professional services environment. So I moved back into the legal world. So when you had an opportunity to return to Watson, Farley and Williams, did it feel like going home? Had the company changed a lot? The firm changed a lot then? It did feel a bit like coming home, actually. (laughs) You never quite know how things are going to work out when you go back to a place. Um, So I think you have a level of expectation and you have your sort of uh, happy memories and uh, so I think it can be a bit bumpy if it doesn't always work out that way. For me, it, it worked out very well and, and way over my expectation. I think on, on many levels, um, certainly you know, coming back in a business role, there was a thought process of how is this going to, how am I going to be treated? How is this actually going to work? Um, and, and I have to say, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed yeah. by the reaction. Um, I had fully expected to see lots of partners still in the business, but there were, you know, lots of other people as well that I had known uh, in the, you know, I'd been away 10 years. And um, and that was very heartening. So I think that speaks to the culture of an organisation where, you know, lots of people stay and you have that longevity. So, um, so that, that, was, that was very nice for me. What was even nicer was as a junior, of course, you know who all the senior people are. You never, never really expect that they'll remember who you are. And, and so many of them did and, and came in to welcome me back and wish me well. And yeah, so I say I, it, was beyond, uh, it was beyond my expectation. 
And again, you know, it's something that the culture shines through, doesn't it, in those situations and circumstances. And it's those, it's the little things that make a firm. And that's why, as you say, people do stay and commit for such long periods of time. So you then started in client services. You've worked your way through uh, some roles and and also you've progressed your career again here. What do you think has been one of the the, the biggest and probably most positive things that have happened in your career trajectory since you've been back in the firm? I think the most positive experience that I've had has got to be the people that I work with. I mean, that that to me is a thing that, that keeps me coming back. Having a great team, having a set of colleagues uh, and peers that, you know, I I'm very close with and can interact with. It's a very supportive culture and we work well together and we really get things done. You know, I, I do like to get things done. I don't mind talking about stuff for a while, but then I like to crack mm-hmm. on and get some things done. Uh, and I think that the the progress and the change uh, and business transformation that has happened um, over the last sort of 10 ish years um has been has been huge so yeah I, I'm I'm very proud of that and and the support that has come with that and do you find though you've got a a an ear with the the partners and that they are more open and willing to listen to you because of your background and because you've also done a, a similar fee-earning role so that you really do understand what's happening and what you're trying to do? Yeah, I think to a degree, yes. Um, I mean, I, when I came back to, to Watson Farley, we were just at the beginning of establishing the business development function um, as marketing team in place. And BD, they, you know, it was happening that, that the partners needed support. I think what really helps is certainly my own personal experience was was very helpful because I understand the pressures of being a lawyer. But I think on the whole, it's probably less about being a lawyer or having not been a lawyer, but more about really understanding the business itself and demonstrating to partners that you understand their practice, that you understand what could work, what probably won't work, and what may work. So, so I think I think in many respects it's it's probably no different to the advice that we give to our partners in terms of establishing their own client relationships and the value. It's about adding that extra value, I think. Yes. And what do you think is actually going to happen to business development, marketing and comms in professional services then moving forward? Because I think if if you look over the past year and a half, two years of covering the pandemic and how things have changed and moved forward so quickly and where can it go and, and what sort of timeframes will that take now? Yeah, I mean, I think the opportunity is huge. I think at the beginning of the pandemic, there were a few firms who uh, made a bit of a knee-jerk reaction and slashed their marketing teams. And, and I think in hindsight, they probably had to hire them all back and more. Um, yeah. So I think actually the last period of time, if there is any positive from a business perspective for marketers, 
it has been positive and I think it will continue to be so. I think in terms of marketing channels, digital is certainly here to stay. I mean, ultimately, professional services marketing is a people business, but the importance of digital marketing as a means to build relationships and broaden our audiences has been highlighted by the switch to remote working during the pandemic. And I think it has room to evolve even more. I think for individuals in professional services marketing, there is a great opportunity also highlighted by the constraints that we face during the pandemic to take on a more strategic role and really become advisors to the partners that we work with. I think there's a growing need for marketing to be joined up across traditional BD marketing and comms. And if we can think strategically and present holistic value propositions with clear ways to measure success, uh, I really do think that professional services marketers can lead the development of their firms. A lot of collaboration happening as well, which is interesting. I think there's been, again, a real push forward during the pandemic and the recognition of how important, as you say, the roles are to help the partnership, to help the firm. And, and in fact, um, the the switch that happened so quickly to doing events online and to you know, webinars and the communication is, I think, has really helped accelerate. Um, so it's been it's you've got to take some positives haven't you from from the pandemic (laughs) yeah and you when we when we spoke you were mentioning to me about the the amazing experience you had of having a a female role model and leader who you worked for and how that really highlighted to you how you wanted to pay it forward and that you've continued to to really mentor and assist other females coming through now can you talk a bit about that experience I found it really fascinating Yeah. yeah absolutely I've been very lucky to have worked for some incredible women and strong role models, very successful, um, managing family, career, life, um, and not not completely uh, just, you know, sort of focused on one thing. And I've drawn a lot of inspiration from that. And uh, I think that has shaped uh, my development. And I certainly advocate a strong role model and a mentor to to anybody, I, I would certainly recommend that. You know, the ability to draw on someone, someone's experience uh, who's been in the same place that you're in and can give you the benefit of that experience that you can look to, you can learn from, is phenomenal. And, you know, and it's funny how things sort of come full circle, you know, my my supervising partner when I was a trainee, she was a young partner, and uh, we, you know, I, I looked up to her, and uh, we we stayed in touch over the years. We're very close friends now. Uh, she's she's managing partner now, uh, oh, and so now I give her business advice, and so yeah, it it does it does come round full circle, and and in some ways, you know, I think that um, that the piece that that is is um, starting to to come up more now, which I really think is beneficial, is the reverse mentoring, because, you know, what I learn from my team is immense. So I'm all for that, because uh, I definitely think that you never stop learning. 
yeah, it's a real positive experience, isn't it? I think there's more and more firms that are that have uh, put reverse mentoring into play. And I think particularly if you want a diverse and inclusive culture, then you need to listen to people and they need to be heard and feel comfortable about having those conversations, which isn't always the case. And I, and I do know a number of firms that have felt that that's been a way of opening up those conversations by reverse mentoring. Yeah, I think so. I think having a conversation is valuable and going into any sort of conversation thinking you might learn something, I think is is that yeah. open set that is, I think, really going to help us going forward. I mean, I, I, I certainly come away from things thinking, ah, I hadn't really thought about it like that before. And, and I love that. I love to, to have that that level of stimulation and, and a different view, a different lens on, on the way that, that I've been looking at something. And I think I that comes from anywhere. Yes, I was just about to say that comes from not just yeah. work, but external sources as well. And even if you're parts of different groups, I think it's a, a really important not just for for females, I think it's important for for everybody to feel that they've got a voice and that they can be heard. So talk to me about your highlights of your career then, because you've got lots of them. (laughs) You you became became a lawyer, which is hard enough as anyway, never mind to to then, as you say, working through the GFC and transitioning uh, into client services. What what do you see as your highlights? Well, I think There have been so many, but I think the biggest one for me is that I have enjoyed two careers in equal measure. What a great thing to to have. And I do feel that a lot of people think, okay, I'm doing this job. I don't really know what else I can do with the skills that I have. And I think that that skills are transferable. and, And certainly that has been my experience and I think that does again come down to sort of being open to new new experiences so yeah so I I would have to say that um, two careers and having enjoyed them both is phenomenal for for me. Fantastic and what about some of the challenges that you've faced talk talk to me about challenges and how you overcame those. Well I mean that I think I've been very lucky that I haven't I don't feel I've had any sort of major catastrophes and, and major challenges in, in, in that way. I think each role that I've had has brought its own set of challenges. And, and I think that, that approaching challenge with a positive mindset is the way that I've always overcome any challenges um, that, have, that have come my way. So I, I kind of think, okay, how am I really going to? You know, how am I really going to do this? How am I really going to get through this? Something small can feel huge. And looking back, you think, well, you know, actually, that wasn't so bad. I think for me, it's, it's really less about the big things. I, I'm, I'm very lucky I haven't had that. But it's more about the, the day-to-day approach 
I think it's interesting, though, as you say, you don't necessarily feel like you've had lots of challenges, but it's because you have a positive mindset. <laughs> you probably feel that way. So challenges that uh, most people would have felt were quite big, you faced head on. And and I know that one of the, the mantras that you have is, is do the best and you will be the best. And it feels to me in our conversations that you always bring your best self to work and you work really hard. And again, the harder you work, the luckier you've become, apparently. That hard work really pays off and you are authentic and you want to do your best. Yeah, I think I, th- I think I, I do have a very strong work ethic. I think I think it is important to, to work hard. It's important to be smart about the way you work and, and certainly showing up, like always showing up and showing up to the best that you can is for me it makes a huge difference I think that does take you further than perhaps we would maybe think it it will I think just being there and thinking actually yes I can I can do this this isn't so bad or it's it's amountable is very helpful yeah well I think it's uh it's it's quite obvious that you do that, which is good. So you're a role model to lots of people as well, as well as having your role models, which is is always good. <laughs> Paying it forward. <laughs> and what about words of wisdom? What are you looking back at yourself as you come out of Bank Station into your summer internship uh, in the financial services sector? What would your words of wisdom be to yourself now? I think my words of wisdom would be it's okay to try different things and have lots of ideas around what you want to do. I think that valuing your own ability and your own skills and knowing that they are transferable is important because I think a lot of people do get stuck and think, well, I can't actually do anything else because I'm only trained to do this. You know, I'm only trained to be a lawyer, so that's all I, I can do. And that certainly isn't the case. I mean, I, and I had never considered marketing as an option, uh, you know, for, for me, but I absolutely love it. And, you know, I think that being open to possibilities is, is certainly going to bring more opportunities um, as well. And, and a, lot, a lot of us, I think, look at law firms and think, well, if you're not a lawyer or you know, a PA, um, you can't, you know, there isn't really another job in the law firm. And, and that yeah. that absolutely, you know, that absolutely isn't isn't the case. But I think that if you certainly show up, be authentic, be your best self and do your best, then you can certainly be the best. That's great, Ritha. Thank you so much. And what great words to end on. Be your best, bring your authentic self to work and and work hard to bring what you feel is needed on a day-to-day basis into the office so thank you so much for that it was very interesting to hear your story and look forward to catching up with you soon lovely thank you it's my pleasure